Welcome to The Bargain Basement Butterflies Presents Beyond the Doorway. I'm your host, Buzzley, and on this podcast, I interview friends of mine about their personal paranormal stories. Then I take clips of those interviews and I put them to music. Don't you dare to off the light. There's something out in the night. In through open windows and down dark hallways. There's something just beyond the doorway. There's something just beyond the doorway. There's something just beyond the doorway. Welcome back to Beyond the Doorway. Presented by the Bargain Basement Butterflies. This is episode 6. Once upon a time, Margaret died. With Lauren Thompson. When I first met Lauren, she was working as a seasonal interpreter at Roan Mountain State Park. When I had... I had been kind of talking about what I was going to do with this show when it was kind of in its earlier stages. And she said she had a story about a ghost named Margaret. So I got very excited and I said, would you be willing to share this story? And she said she would. Now, at the beginning of this interview, I had asked her about the question that I asked her. You don't hear because there were some technical issues happening. (laughs) Um, So it just jumps right into kind of her reply. And I was asking her about the Brown Mountain Lights. So she talks a little bit about the Brown Mountain Lights. And then we go into a story about the ghost. So please welcome this week's guest, Lauren Thompson. So the Brown Mountain Lights, it's, I guess I kind of grew up with it, and I don't really know, remember where I first time heard it. It's just like casual talk among friends and family. And then I have a friend, Andy Laws, actually take me up to a spot, I think Old Man Watch or something like that. I can't remember the exact name location. This is back in like 2015 or something. And we went late at night, and he described the perfect conditions to see these lights, which is a new moon or harvest moon, no moonlight, not windy, not cloudy, and your chances are greatly increased to see the lights. And I managed to see one, maybe a second one too, but I wasn't quite sure about the second. But the first one, definitely, because it looked like a North Star right above Table Rock. If you're familiar with Brown Mountain Lights, there literally is a mountain that is flat on top, like a table, henceforth the name. And this little star started swaying back and four as it was going up, ascending upwards higher into the sky, and thinking to myself, wait a minute, stars don't move. Right. <laughs> they don't sway. <laughs> Not like that. And all of a sudden it just poof disappeared. The brightness of it all. Wow. And some people say it's just gas or some sort of a fungus or even headlights from a nearby city. Well, if you do a little research, one year there was a great flood and blocked all traffic, basically, even the railroad tracks back at the time. And still, the lights appeared. And then they date, the earliest dating of the Brown Mountain Lights, as far as my research has taken me, was around 1700s. And that's possibly from Mr. Brown himself. Now, is he named after the mountains? I'm not quite sure. When you're trying to narrow down legends, it's impossible right. to get those nitty-gritty <laughs> details. But Appalachian State University can probably confirm 
the information much more than I. But nonetheless, uh, it's even in his journal, it mentioned that even the Native Americans or indigenous people mentioned about them and thought they were spirits as well. Oh, yeah, it became so famous that they yeah. even made it into a TV series called The X-Files. What was in there? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, I've seen I think it's called Field Day or Field Guide or something like that. I personally haven't watched the episode myself, but a popular theory is aliens. <laughs> so it's like, eh. and that's not my personal favorite theory, even though it'd be exciting to have a discovery like that. My personal favorite theory is it's a different form of balls of lightning because there's a, it's hard to track static electricity in the air. Unless there is some sort of gadget they have now to measure it. <laughs> but even NetGeo is confused. And okay. they did even the special recording that records heat. And instead of showing up that orangey red bright, it turns off blue. Uh, okay. So the coloration of it all is unique. You can find this on YouTube as well. That's they got it documented. I'll have to find out more. Well, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Alright, so <clears throat> tell me about your ghost story oh the ghost story a family story so family legend goes is once upon a time my family was doing construction around the house and up on top of the hill where i live there's a graveyard well apparently a few days ago there was some heavy rains and i guess some things washed down and one of the things they found digging around was a broken tombstone but here's the thing it only said two words margaret died no last name, no date. <laughs> and it just so happened there's a lady in white that likes to roam around Elk Park. And they say Elk Park's my little loop of where I live is like in the shape of a horseshoe. And they say as long as you live inside the horseshoe, you're somehow protected. But if you live on the outside, like my house is, you're not protected. Oh. But here's the thing. <laughs> I never sense an evil presence from Margaret. She's always been nice and watchful over children. For some reason, she likes to watch over children. And sometimes a bit clumsy because sometimes things do fall in the house. Not as much as before, but I think it's because I grew up and not legally a kid no more. But, but uh, I remember one story. My sister Jen and Shannon were playing. And mom came in to check on them and say, what are you doing? And they looked at them, looked at her confused, and said, you were standing there the whole time, except you were wearing a white dress. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And my personal story when I saw her was I woke up in the middle of the night for some reason. I don't know why. just woke up. I guess I sensed somebody was there. And I saw a white dress hanging on my door. I sensed no evil, no threat. So... You might think I'm crazy, but I just went back to sleep. <laughs> I, I mean, I've heard people say that before, yeah. um, where they'll have experiences and they don't feel threatened, so they just go back to sleep. Oh, it's just <laughs> Margaret. It's just, you know, just a local ghost. We're, we're fine. Right. And I woke up the next day and asked mom if she hung a white dress on the door late at night and just removed it the next day because there wasn't a dress there that morning. And she said no. Wow. So what were the, some of the stories of um, her as far, like you said, there's a section where people like aren't protected. Well, my sister Kim and her best friend was walking around the neighborhood 
and they were walking on the outside, but they somehow saw her like in between. Of course, they were scared and ran away, but she just disappeared without trace. I'm really actually quite confused about so-called protective circle thing. I'm not really quite sure where that came from. I just heard that from one of the locals. But she just hangs around. I feel kind of sad because I don't know her last name. And I don't know if she's at the graveyard. I don't know the date when she passed away. I wonder, it makes me wonder if she gets lonely. And why does she want to watch over kids? Maybe she was a mother at one time. Right. So is it just one of those things that just nobody knows? Like... Nobody knows a Margaret or anything? Nope. <laughs> Just, we're not even quite sure Lady and White and Margaret are the same person. We just assume that. At least that's what my family calls her, is Margaret. Right. And, of course, my family did not keep the tombstone. I wish they would have. Maybe we could have found the matching piece or whatnot. What did they do with it? it just, just... They just put it off to the side, and that was it. I mean, this was before I was born, so I'm about 29 years old, so this has been over probably 30 years ago, give or take. Because the house was originally built in the 70s. Oh, okay. And my dad bought it with his GI Bill because he served in the Vietnam Wars. Okay. He was stationed in South Korea. Yeah. You said So you said it just washed up like in the backyard or something? I, I think they were... How my house was built was that the porch wasn't quite finished, so they were digging into a bank on the side of the house mm -hmm. to get more soil so they can flatten out the land a little bit more. And I think that's how they found it. Okay. Because the graveyard literally is just within walking distance of my house around the corner. Okay. Also, where we live in the mountains, too, it's natural for stone to go downhill, especially over a course of time. Yeah. Weather, erosion, the... The falling of soil being pushed around. So it's kind of confusing how it ended up there. But at the same time, there's logical ways about it too. I'm just wondering what broke the tombstone to begin with. Right. Why was it broken? Why was it found there? And it, is it just something my parents made up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no. I was quite gullible as a kid too, but. The story Margaret's been passed down for, I guess, at least two, well, three generations now, yeah. My mom's generation and my sister, and at least two or three. So have there been any stories of, like you said, she seems to be protective of children. Mm -hmm. Have there been any stories, like, of adults having, um, I guess, bad experiences? Some adults don't like to be watched, so they get creeped out real quickly, so they feel like she's stalking them, but that's the only negative experience okay. I really heard of anything. They just don't like another person being in their house, like it's a stranger. Right. So I think that might be a reason she doesn't follow adults as much, because maybe she's trying to respect them. Because I noticed as I got older, I don't see her anymore. That's interesting. Yeah. I talked to one paranormal investigator asking why maybe there's less activity and maybe it's because she doesn't feel like she has a place in the house. 
So maybe we need to clear up a space for her and maybe she'll feel more welcomed. That's interesting. Depending on how you believe in ghosts, that is. Right. <laughs> Was I've heard of people have heard of people having experiences where they'll be like you say just giving somebody a personal space and like you you know this is your space we'll leave it alone I did notice um, I don't know it's because just how my house is built because you know how old houses sometimes they just a little more shaky than normal yeah but in my old bedroom I think that's where I saw the most activity was I'd be playing and staying absolutely still not moving around and all of a sudden a figurine on a shelf will fall over oh so that's why I call her clumsy <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting yeah but she's she's been nice no, no, no evil at least that's a good thing yeah and she's not mischievous either I know the one uh, I think Rocky Mount or Rocky Fort no it was Rocky Mount they have one little ghost that's quite mischievous and likes shiny things okay <laughs> There has been one negative experience, but it was definitely not Margaret. And it's something I really don't talk about very often. I only told maybe four or five people. And it's when I came to the realization that demons were real. Look, despite whatever your belief is, I totally respect it. But whatever I felt that night was more than real. And I didn't want to believe it. And I think that's the only reason why the Lord allowed it. So I would believe and respect it. Okay. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night just absolutely terrified because there was nothing in my room. I couldn't see anything, but for some reason, to the right side next to my closet, I just felt something was there. Kind of like, you know, how a cat will peer at something, get ready to pounce. Yeah. Felt like that. Oh, but yeah. it couldn't. And I, they say if you speak in the Lord's name and say, go away, the demon shall flee. I couldn't get more than one word out. Oh, I've never been that scared before. Even now I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes me feel ridiculous talking about it out loud because, oh, it's just in your head. It's just a you know, phantom dream. Or But no, I was sitting up in my bed off to the side and gripping the edge of my bed. I finally managed to say get, which a lot of people laugh about that because no get's a funny word, I guess. And all of a sudden, gone. Huh. Just gone. Took me a moment to calm down, but I went back to bed and I never felt that presence ever again. It's to feel that kind of presence, like you see something out of the corner of your eye and you, you know that spider senses start tingling. Yeah. And it imagine that like ten times more intense. Oh wow. That you know something dangerous is there. But there's ab absolute helplessness and vulnerability and not being able to defend yourself against something that's supernatural. That's scary. Yeah. But thankfully, that has been gone. And so I, I can't even watch demon movies anymore. Um, I just watch Insidious and I just laugh. I, I know people think I'm mad crazy because every experience, I guess, the real deal, everything else just looks like clowns. Right. Just the funny ones, not the scary one, but everything is hilarious. It's like, oh gosh, Insidious, they have a guy with goat hooves and hairy legs chasing after people. When you describe yeah. it like that, it loses all its power, I guess. 
Not saying the movie people who made that movie did a great job, in my opinion, but you know, in movies they have the stages of darkness, suspenseful music, absence of music, lighting, and mood. Right. Just to break course of that. But so far, I haven't experienced that ever again, and I hope I never will. What would cause someone to wake up in the middle of the night terrified? And I was. I had no bad dreams, nothing like that. Ate healthy, exercised healthy, very active. I have a good reputation. I had no boyfriend, relationship, no stressors at that time. So why would something trigger me to wake up all of a sudden? Except for the realization that demons were real. <laughs> Spooky stuff. <laughs> I love talking about this kind of stuff. Like some people like their immediate reaction is like, how can I debunk this? Oh, I think and that too. Like, I think debunking is healthy mm-hmm. to a certain degree, but I also just enjoy, I enjoy people's experiences, if that makes sense. That's true. Of how they interpret their own experiences. Yeah, I'm a firm believer <laughs> of cause and effect. Right. For example, when sometimes when I drive late at night, I get a little sleepy and I, my mind is on guard. And so it automatically makes, oh, that mailbox suddenly looks like a person getting ready to cross the street. Right. And when you get close <laughs> enough, you realize, oh, it's just a mailbox. Right. Uh, there was this one time I was driving late at night, and I thought I saw a phantom, but I don't think it was. It looked like a dark figure just floating across the road. Wow. Yeah, floating. But I realized, well, maybe this person was on a bicycle. That makes sense. A lot of people in the area do ride bikes. Right. So debunk that. But logically, that's how I debunk right, that. But when it comes to feelings and wake up middle of the night with no bad dreams, no negativity, healthy life, all of a sudden you have that uh, fight or flight response. Right. What's the cause and effect there? It has to be something to trigger that. Yeah. Or was it just a chemical imbalance in the brain? Because hmm. I know our brains don't like not having answers. So even if it's false information, it'll plant those in. Right. Just so that we have information, regardless if it's true or not. So that's another battle we face against that. <laughs> information is never the same. <laughs> it is. I find that uh, it's just like the brain itself is very fascinating. It's fun talking about the brown mountain lights and ghost stories. The, the scary one, not so much, but I feel like things like that need to be shared eventually. Yeah. I heard people have a hard time seeing the brown mountain lights because they don't know about the conditions, about the right time to see them. Yeah, I didn't know that because there's been a couple nights like mm-hmm. where I turned to come home. I think it's just like six miles or something. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to go up and see if I can see anything. Um, and there was a couple nights it was kind of rainy or whatever. So I'm glad I didn't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, poor conditions there. And if, if the conditions are perfect... Um, Sometimes you have to go multiple times really? to see them. Uh, it's a rare phenomenon that doesn't really happen anywhere else. I remember, this is the one I was, I forgot to share this earlier, but the one I was kind of iffy about was I thought I saw something glowing in the valley, going in and out, in and out. And I said, well, maybe it's just a hiker. You know, some people night hike. Right. And it's just his lantern going through the woods. Well, Legend foretells that a slave lost his master and went out to find him, but never returned. 
And till this day, he's still looking for his master in the woods. So regardless what you believe, stories trace back to culture and history one way or another. <laughs> right. That's another thing, even if it's just like, you know, it's gotten to this point where it's a totally different thing from when it started. I find that process really super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remind me to give you my research that I did too on that. There's actually a PDF file that's totally free you can print off. Oh, really? But the research was done back in the 70s. So what frustrates me most about that research was that at first he says he does not believe it's headlights. He does not believe it is uh, lights from the train. But then at the very end of his conclusion... He says it's headlights. That's <laughs> interesting. I think he just did not want to put undecided. Right. That's my only theory. And it's like that's that's what frustrates me. Like I don't I'm not frustrated by the fact that he didn't have an answer, but personally I it is not headlights. Uh uh-uh. headlights do not sway back and forth, look like a star, and disappear above a table rock. Right. <laughs> I personally believe it's a type of balls of lightning, which people are a little weary to say that because balls of lightning is extremely rare and they tend to hover closer to the ground and wander around before vanishing. So I'm thinking, I'm no scientist by no means. Maybe someone can debunk it for me. But I think it's a different form altogether. A a brand new phenomenon. I'm like extremely open to the idea. It's just there's stuff that we don't know that's you know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Maybe. <laughs> it's quite the mystery. Yeah. I mean, they try to use magnets to see if it was like something magnetic in the rock, but nope. The huh. compasses work just fine. That's interesting. Marshlands, fog, and such. There's no marshlands. No gases? Maybe? That's a lot of possibility. Um, what's other theories? I think those are top ones I can think of right now at the moment. Interesting. I like I love when people are able to do like all this, you know, they have all the things that it could be, but then it's just mm-hmm. not. Well, cool. I think that's all I know. Yeah. If I think of anything else, I'll let you know. Okay. If you like what you have heard so far today, please take the time to rate and review the show. For more music from the Bargain Basement Butterflies, please visit Bandcamp or your favorite digital media store. If you are interested in merch, visit TeePublic and search for the Bargain Basement Butterflies. Now let's talk about this week's song. Thank you so much, Lauren, for that interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to to do the interview. So when I was listening back through this interview, I think what had struck me the most was when she asked the paranormal investigator, why doesn't Margaret come around anymore? And the answer basically being, maybe she feels like she doesn't have a space here. And then Lauren mentions, you know, making a space for, maybe making a space for Margaret. And I felt it was kind of touching. A willingness to make space for somebody on the other side. So I basically built the song around that idea that, you know, I'm going to make this space for you. This will be your space. Also, I really enjoyed that she starts her story out as, 
once upon a time. I just thought that was really fun and cool. So please enjoy this week's song, Once Upon a Time, Margaret Died. Once upon a time, my family was doing construction around the house, and up on top of the hill where I live, there's a graveyard. Well, apparently a few days ago, there was some heavy rains. I guess everything's washed down. And one of the things they found digging around was a broken tombstone. But here's the thing, it only said two words. Margaret died. Thank you. 
space for her. And we should bring a little clear of the space for her. And we should feel more welcome. Thank you for fluttering in to this week's episode of Beyond the Doorway. Thank you to today's guest for taking the time to be a part of this project. And thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen. See you next time. Have a good week.